You're still listening to Snacker Ikenask. We've been discussing here in the studio with Sarah about emotional intelligence. Uh, so some definitions, some tips, some examples. And now that Sarah is finished uh, about uh, her own little tips and notes, I'm going to go through my, uh, my own notes. Um, so I'm taking you a little bit back, right? So we had definition of emotional intelligence. Uh, your ability to perceive, interpret, demonstrate, control, evaluate, use your emotion to communicate and relate to others effectively. And I was reading about uh, women crying. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one thing that came up. And it said that uh, 30 to 64 times per year uh, for women in comparison to 6 to 17 times a year oh, wow. for men. It's, it's, it's quite it's, yeah it's quite chunky gaps <laughs> it's quite a big difference um and it would say like a, a crying episode could be you know six minutes for a woman and three minutes for a man so it's, I've it's never it's, cried for six minutes it's it's really uh yeah I mean seeing a man crying for more than three minutes or three minutes that's huge mm -hmm. I feel um so uh, then this study, it was a German study that was saying that women were less uh, resistant to pain, um, that they were describing their experiences uh, more through emotions, more emotional. Uh, if you go through something, it was they felt it more emotionally, uh, more intense compared to a man that would describe the same situation. Okay. And it doesn't mean that a woman is more emotional, but it means that uh, women are feeling the emotions and describing them more than men. Mm. Um, so men are probably feeling them, but not putting words on all that's happening inside their body. <laughs> and so, um, yes, I was looking into that. I thought, okay, that's, um, it makes, kind of makes sense. I mean, mm. I, I know I cry a lot, <laughs> so I can cry a lot. And, and I think it's... Um, yeah, it's annoying sometimes. I think men try to kind of not cry so much as for so long because they they still see it as like a weakness. Mm -hmm. But actually identifying your emotions and letting it out is very healthy. It's yeah. very healthy to cry. It's a good outlet. And people, you know, hear him men, they're like, I haven't cried for the, like, the past like four years. I'm like, <laughs> you need to see High therapy. five, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a flex. It's, honestly, it's quite concerning but yeah um so yes so because of that i was looking a bit into the the, the kids the childhood and they were saying that uh, boys and girls were very similar when they were little mm. um but from my experience from what i see where i work because i work with children i see already a difference between the boys and the girls uh, a boy can cry but I see a lot of boys that are holding it and they will only start crying when they trust you. Okay. And it's very strange because I, I there's a lot of little boys that, that, you know, hit each other, fall down, accidents or anger at somebody uh, or towards them. And then they just, they kind of like sit in a corner or hide somewhere. And you can you can see that they're suffering. They're in, they could be in physical pain mm. or mental pain. And... Um, yeah, it takes it takes a while for them to open up and to finally just okay, now I can cry. It's fine, mm. and I always tell them, you know, it's cool, it's okay if you want to cry and if you want to take a break and if you if you need a plaster and uh, if you want to talk about what's happened. 
But it's a process, definitely. So I would say it's not exactly 50-50 uh, when they're young already. Okay. Uh, why? I don't really know. But same, I see some girls, they're really tough. Like, they go around and like, yeah, I don't care, don't talk to me. Like, I'm saying, <laughs> okay, girl, chill. Maybe you want to talk about it later. <laughs> uh, so same with the girls, you know. Mm, okay, so they say from 13 years of age, uh, things change. There are less boys that cry. Um, uh, and it's uh, from 11, they say there's already 20% less chance to cry for a guy compared to a girl. And then at 16 years of age, it's 40% less chance. Mm -hmm. So what seems to be happening is that guys maybe are more aware of what crying does in front of other people mm. and they condition themselves they master the act of you know internalizing and not crying at least not crying in front of somebody where we girl we're more like ah. literally <laughs> more 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 <laughs> and the tears start just can't stop yeah and i think we we also see that if we cry we get the attention and we get the pat on the back yeah. and right but I think it's also a stage for us girls that we know that if you if you too much of a crybaby when you're older, it's like come on, yeah. People are going to start being like, okay, mm. now <laughs> this thing has happened for a while. You need to man up, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah. So then, if this is happening when you know you're a child and then you're 11 and you're 16 years old, uh, I was thinking, what's the parents' role in this? You know, what's the impact of parenting? Um, are we treating our children differently? And some studies are showing that from a young age, uh, boys get more praises than girls, that fathers are investing more of their time in their sons. So whether it's um, a, a, an issue, whether it's getting you to the football game or your, whatever training you do, whether it's going to a meeting with your teacher, like, you know, parent-teacher meeting, mm. the fathers are more invested, whilst the mothers equally split their time between the boy and the girl. Okay. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And, and also the study found that parents don't do this intentionally. Okay. So guys, what's up? <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. Maybe, I don't know, a, a mother would trust more in her children that, you know, they're going to be fine. Um, whether it's a boy or a girl, maybe your dad has more pressure to be like, hey, that's my son, you know. I think... It's my blood, that's my... Yeah, men, right? like, fathers see their sons like a, like a younger version of them. Mm. I think with daughters, it's... There's that gender difference that you can't you can't really see themselves in the daughter as much, especially if you have a son. You, they're definitely gonna. I feel like they would gravitate more towards the son. But my mom, she was more. She was very fifty fifty. I think it wasn't just like the boys going out and climb trees and ride bikes and stuff. It was there was always the opportunity there for us girls to do that too. So I think, I think sometimes it's it's subliminally placed on them in a way yeah um I, I think if i think about my childhood also i was definitely treated differently uh, first of all you know the color uh coordinated brooms because you're a boy or your girl um the clothes and my older brother could do way more than i could do because mm. i was a girl and it was more dangerous for me you know things like that mm. already i was i was told you know you can't do this you're a girl it's like 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> I, yeah. So you you get the um, comments from mm. from some parents, and uh, the fact that it's unintentionally uh, that it's you know society that's been pushing it on them and culture and family and all that. Mm. So that means that for us to be more equal, we have to be conscious of the choices that uh, we make. Uh, it's possible that we are just reacting with our instinct, you know, after all. Uh, the men were, there, were the hunters and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the women were uh, nurturers, right? Yeah. So what's important now is that rules and expectations should be the same for both sexes. Yeah. Um, but yes, we might try and we do try and things are getting better but society is still against us, right? As we said, like the workplaces, different environment. Uh, and culturally, we can witness that the role of women hasn't really evolved for uh, some society, especially I'm thinking about the Middle East, which is yeah. really strict. Uh, women's are, are controlled, they're refrained. And some other parts of the world, it could be also the economy that limits uh, the individuals to their own independence. So I'm trying to explain, say you live in a country and there is poor economy, it's a poor country, you have a lack of jobs, you're a family, you have, you know, a mother, father, maybe two children or more, and then only one of them can have a job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, say it's a difficult job. Are you going to send a woman or are you going to send a man? Probably send the man. Right? Uh, because, because maybe a man can take more. I'm not saying that women are weaker, but come on, okay, let's face it. Uh, a man can probably take more of the the load, uh, the workload, really, uh, because mentally and physically, mm-hmm. I think it would be easier. So you could be in a situation where, as a woman, you well, you're gonna have to stay at home and do everything else, which is also very important because somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just thinking, if a guy was staying at home while you were at work, and maybe a man also would feel quite bad about like you know over letting his uh, wife go yeah over letting the wife go and I'm thinking um, because it is still um, a status thing right Mm -hmm. so in in some countries uh, if you're a man and you stay at home unlike Norway where it's like it's totally cool that you look after your kids and all that but other countries they'll be like hey uh is he like a bit weak or, you know, what's the deal with that? Is mm. he sick because he stays at home so he can look after the kids? I think people always have some questions. Um, so it's like the fear of judgment for them. Yeah, I think you, you and you definitely get judged. I mean, mm. in some countries you you stay at home dad or you're an unemployed, unemployed male. Even in our society now, if I think about a guy that's unemployed... Uh, I would have the stereotype of the the lazy, <laughs> the, the the lazy di- guy that's just uh, yeah d- doesn't really want to strive too hard to find a job. Compared mm-hmm. to a girl, if I think oh she's unemployed, oh that must be hard. But a, but a guy like <laughs> come on get a job, <laughs> you know that's that could be a stereotype for us here. Mm-hmm. I I think I mean it looks less glamorous to be an unemployed guy uh, definitely, but. Um, but maybe also because now males, they complain a lot more than they used to do. Yeah. Right? I don't know what that's about. So about this emotional intelligence, 
if I if I was trying to think about 1900, yeah, a guy, it was a tough life. There was not so many jobs, and it was definitely the difference of classes in society. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get the job, you have to insert yourself in society, and you have to get that money, and and that's it. That's just the way things are. But then we get given all those jobs and. Uh, the industrial evolution and revolution, and um, and now I feel like guys they just oh they talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like oh this is so hard. I don't want to do this. It's like yeah, but <laughs> stop complaining about it. You know, just it, it kind of annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely an ick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think in in a sense that that's also a side effect of being more emotionally intelligent is mm-hmm. that boys are opening up uh, to to us, and of course there's always some people that are gonna like to complain. It's just how it is, right? You can't you can't um, you can't avoid that. Um, but I feel there is a change I, I, when I talk to guys. They are more open. You can have a conversation, and of course. It's up to the person you're talking to that um, to to reveal more or less informations, right? Mm. Uh, and I think sometimes it's not good to say too much. And I think I've talked to uh, my psychologist about it once, and uh, and he said, you know, you 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 said all the all those, those things in this conversation, but was it positive in the end? Because <laughs> You open Pandora's box, but you have no control over, over what's in the box. Mm-hmm. So then it's doing you more harm. You think you're opening up to somebody else, but it's actually hurting you. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to know uh, how much you're willing to share, how much you're comfortable with sharing. But I feel like guys are, I mean, I don't know about you, how you, how, if you talk to some guys or even in the content uh in a relationship situation, you know, or in a date situation, you talk to somebody and you... Can you be open and can they be open? Do you feel that? I think men love talking about themselves. If you give <laughs> a man, like, if you're talking to a man and you just say, oh, tell me more, tell me about this, tell me about that, they could go on forever. And then they kind of... It gives them this kind of, like, force, oh, maybe I like this girl. No, she's just letting you talk for ages. That's why. But... um. But you, but you let them talk. So you also, do you think it's making them feel better? Do you do it on purpose? I have done that. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm listening to you. I love it. Sometimes it just takes the pressure off me a bit. Because oh, yeah. I feel like when people are like, oh, so tell me about yourself. That's when every thought in my head just goes away. Mm. I'm like, ah, what do I even talk about? And there's always like the danger of like, well, maybe I've said too much. Yeah. Everyone hates that when you say too yeah. much and you can never take that back. So I think it's kind of a protecting thing. Definitely. Like if I say l- l- just a little bit, then you won't get too much of me. Yeah. But um, no, I'm kind of, I need to work on, that's the emotional intelligence I need to work on. It's like mm. kind of opening myself up and talking to people and kind of getting personal a bit. Yeah. But I think, I think men are getting better at that. Yeah. Especially when they're in a relationship and they feel comfortable. Mm. You can literally know everything about a guy. Yeah, you, yeah. I think uh, I think it's still down to their own, uh, yeah, le- level of intelligence there. How mm. much they can talk about. But I think the the guys now. I mean, at least in Norway. I don't know about France. I haven't been there in so long. Um, 
but I feel like they really can reveal a lot of things. And and I realized we're not different. We just express things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting. It's like, you know, like boys that are afraid of rejection. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's like reveal all your secrets. <laughs> Please, I'm writing it. Uh, yeah, so they have insecurities. Everybody they do, everybody has insecurities, but... Yeah. And just because they don't say anything, it doesn't mean they're fine, you know. So, yeah, makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, please talk and and talk in, a, in an intelligent way. I think that's what I would have to say. You know, don't complain, but be constructive about mm-hmm. whatever you're saying. I think that's the point of this emotional intelligence. To feed back, to accept criticism, uh, to take responsibility... And, yeah, to be able to share your feelings, you know, when yeah. it's time to share your feelings. I think it's important. Uh, otherwise, it's not nice to hold on to something and you feel like you missed an opportunity. And, yeah. yeah. Could do more harm than good. Yeah, that's absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I had to say. <laughs> Love that topic. <laughs> it's a good topic, uh, I think. But uh, we are evolving and we'll see where that goes because now I guess everybody's going to be more and more able to share their emotions uh, but maybe there will be a downside to this all also <laughs> and we'll be like okay let's find the balance again <laughs> just shut up <laughs> um yeah thank you sarah thank you for having me uh, uh yeah thank you for bringing the topic and um thank you for listening to snack and bye bye